You're listening to Self Worst. This is a podcast about failure, inspiration, day jobs, bad habits, and mental health. We talk about spiritualism, we talk about art, we talk about imposter syndrome, perfectionism, mediocrity, and meritocracy. We do sometimes talk about sexual assault, suicidal ideation, trauma, and whatnot. Yeah, we go there. So, you know, be advised. Each week, artists, losers, dirtbags, musicians, degenerates, comedians, actors, fuck-ups, scholars, crazies, filmmakers, veterans, sluts, commies, weirdos, activists, addicts, teachers, fatties, queers, and all other types of beautiful people join me, Brad Pearson. Not a doctor. Not a therapist. Not an expert. In a discussion of what to do with this stupid, sacred life. Are you blessed or are you cursed With a strong imagination and a spiritual thirst Do you wanna confide about the darkness inside Come and talk about it on Self Worst Hello everybody, welcome to Self Worst We did it, we put out an episode this week It's, uh, you know, we missed a week It's been stressful, we got a lot going on here we still got a lot going on, even no, apartment notwithstanding. I'm gonna be editing this motherfucker in a plane because we're going to Minnesota. Whole thing, family's there. You know, it's gonna be cool. We uh, well, we booked this whole thing before the, you know, the Delta variant decided to come along and fart in that particular elevator. But I guess we're just gonna go through with it. Here we go. We're just we're just feeling weird about stuff and doing stuff anyway. That's what we're doing. So uh, we're gonna take our dog over to the uh, over to our friend's house, our sitter's house. They're gonna uh, take real good care of her. They're gonna hang out. It's gonna be an emotional time for us. You know, we get weird about leaving our dog. We just, you know, she's our little baby. It's hard for us to leave her, but we gotta do it. Um, so this week on the show, we got Melissa Rocha. Uh, very funny stand-up comedian and uh, it's cool to and, and you know what in addition to being a, a stand-up comic also a show booker and a uh, not a show booker a show uh, uh, producer show producer and um, also an artist makes cool watercolor stuff multi-talented amazing and we had a good talk um, this was a really fun one uh, I not gonna vamp too much before the uh before the episode we're just gonna go right into it because uh our, our lift is coming we got a lot of stuff going on right now so i'm gonna be brief with you thank god right tough listen to this shit just get to the fucking thing thank you very much uh just right up front please support us on patreon patreon.com slash self worst uh make a make a donation as little as a dollar a month you get bonus episodes all that that would be cool. Follow me at Radical Pearson and at uh, Self Worst on Instagram and Twitter. That's about it. Let's uh, go to the show. Go to the go to the interview. You're at a cat sit right now, right? Yeah, it's it's really it's pretty nice. <laughs> that is the nice thing about cat sitting. You get to ooh. Oh, staircase inside the built like I mean come on yeah it's ridiculous if you got a staircase in your apartment like an open air sort of staircase like that that's not just like in a little 
corner of the yeah it's that's how you know that's how you know yeah nice lofted ceilings it's that's one of the more fun parts about um you know the the dog walking pet sitting business is you get to see how uh the other half lives and by other half i mean one percent you know yeah um, yeah, it's (laughs) it's it's pretty it's it's pretty luxe you you gotta do some laundry there and stuff it's yeah they have a dishwasher they have a rooftop i i like this this pet suit totally saved me last year um when they decided to go still out of town um because they have a place in fire island and i was like stuck in bushwick and i was like yeah uh i can cat sit right (laughs) so it was good feel feel free to uh, flee the city and go off to your thing. You know, yeah, because when you vacation, it's a vacation for me. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I mean, you know, like from roommates and everything. Like now we're finally set up. We just moved to this place. Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty nice. I don't want to brag, but we do got laundry here. And it's like one of the first. It's about the I lived in one other apartment that had a washer dryer in, in the unit. and uh, But I also had four roommates in like a regular like what should have been a two-bedroom apartment you know so it was you just to, like pop two, it up and whatever yeah. yeah every time i'd come home there was some like weird french girl like cooking stuff on her stove and i was like <laughs> i don't really know you you're not very nice to me like i just don't feel you know so anytime you uh get to go on a sit you're like oh cool like i get the place to myself and like you mm-hmm. know i get to like kind of let my hair down a little bit and sort of pretend like I'm a real person for just a minute, yes. you know, just kind of live with dignity, you know, yeah. <laughs> just kind of, just kind of live exactly with, live, live with living just with like dignity. basic adult dignity. Just, just, you know, like having, having your own kind of space. That's all. Yeah. You're just feeling like an actual person for just a minute. But like now we don't do that as much because, you know, I live with my girlfriends and, yeah. uh, you know, we have our own place that's actually like nice. I actually like look forward to coming home and stuff. So I, I'm less inclined to want to like go spend a week somewhere else away from my girlfriend and my dog and everything. So it's, yeah. just, you know, it's not, it's not quite as, I guess I've just, um, you know, we, we do board dogs sometimes over here, um, okay. which is fun. Um, Cause then uh, our dog Dottie gets a little friend for the weekends, uh, take yeah. on trips. We go to like Coney Island and stuff. They love that shit. Um, but yeah, how long have you been doing the, the pet sitting thing? Um, probably about, uh, 13 years. <laughs> wow. A long time. Um, I started doing it in, uh, when I moved here because I lived super far or something. And, uh, a professor of mine, he lived in Clinton Hill, him and his wife and mm-hmm. like their kid. And they were just looking for like a cat sitter. And I was like, I could do that and just stay in your like nice apartment. Right. And then I just started doing it for other people. And then I've become this like person that people ask to do this weird job. Right. You have a, you <laughs> um, but have... it's fine. It's, it's fine to me. Like I, I like it, you know, uh, biking around and, you know, checking on animals is pretty fun to me. Yeah. I mean, it's not the worst job, honestly. I mean, you know, like the, the um, it, it does leave something to be desired, you know, sometimes just in terms of, I don't know, just pay and like the amount of time you have to spend on your feet and stuff like that. But like, honestly, compared to other like day jobs I've had, it's it's not that bad. It's fairly flexible. 
Um, you know, you get to spend the day alone. <laughs> you, you don't have to fucking talk yeah. to anybody. To me, that's the ultimate perk. You don't have to fucking talk to any, like, you don't have coworkers who you have to, yeah. like, make stupid small talk with or, like, pretend that you're, like, even, like, slightly engaged with. Like, you're just, like, uh, like yeah, you know. It's, it's just a cat. Yeah. <laughs> just talk to them if you want. They don't say much back. Um, yeah. You also, you work at a carousel or something? Um, I work at the car- the Brooklyn Bridge Carousel. Okay. It's called Jane's Carousel. And I used to work at a movie theater. Mm-hmm. And I was, um, I was a manager there. And with the reopening, I just, last year was so brutal that uh, by the time I like was kind of able to sort of start calming down in like January and February, yeah. Uh, I was like, okay, I, I can like, I'm, I'm feeling like a person again. I, I'm, you know, uh, I don't want to die. <laughs> sure. um, and then the movie theater reopened and I tried really hard to stick to the job, you know, because sometimes like jobs, like, like jobs with rules or whatever, um, they can be helpful if you're like sort of flailing. I mean, at least for me. And I'm like, okay, like I go in, I have to do these things, you know, and like, there's very, like only one answer for most jobs. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm not like a therapist trying to like, you know, work with someone like I'm just working at the movie theater where it's like popcorn and sweeping up, you know, you you have your directive, you have everything you're supposed to do in a day. Yeah. And um, so I was like, maybe that would be good for me to try to like go back into that. Right. Um, but also you have uh, to like pay rent and shit and eat and you know yeah yeah they're kind of just like we're not really gonna do the whole we're not helping you out with any more unemployment or anything like that you're just you just gotta go back into the workforce and just maybe get sick oops like yeah you just gotta keep that wheel turning so so anyway you you went back i went back and i just i was so exhausted there were so many things that i wasn't doing because i was so tired i wasn't able to because i uh, started painting again over the pandemic and I haven't, you know, when I was, um, working at the theater, I wasn't able to like get back into painting cause I was just like really tired all the time. I have, I haven't been able to, I hadn't been able to go out to do shows or anything or, or even just like see shows. Right. Um, cause I was just like so tired and I felt so anxious about spending so much time, you know, in a public fi- facing place indoors in a, in a public facing place. Yeah. And I was just like, well, you know, I probably shouldn't like go to this outdoor show anyway. Like it's going to be with a bunch of people. I should probably just like, you know, lay down. (laughs) Um, but then I just sort of decided I was talking with my sister one day and she was like, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to do this, you know? And I was like, um, it, like, it took me a while to like get used to the idea of leaving um, like quitting a job, you know, for somebody like that was the first job I, I had that was like very stable and had like health insurance and mm. like it was salaried and like, you know, and to leave it, you know, was really intense and like emotional um, because also I was like good at it and I liked it, but I wasn't getting anything more out of it. You know, it's, it's not like it was a creative job. You know, yeah. um, and it was always going to be the same. 
So uh, I got an email one day when they were like, okay, we're going to open up the concession stand like at 100%. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. I was like, I think, I think I'm going to see if I could get a job at that carousel. <laughs> yeah. You decided you, you wanted something just slightly more whimsical than a movie theater. It's a little <laughs> bit more. So do you, do you, do you have to like ride a unicycle over to the carousel and like play a uh, No, I, I just ride a regular bike. Just a regular bike. Okay. But it's, it's, yeah. it's not like a penny farthing. It's not like the big wheel. No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> cool. I don't even have a basket. Wow. I got baskets on my bike and I got to tell you that shit's useful. I felt like I was too cool for it for a while. And then I put, I put some of those little collapsible baskets on the bike uh, on the back wheel. And it was just like, Oh, this is great. I can take my backpack off. And I'm yeah, not, yeah, I'm not yeah. like well, biking I, I with my fears. fucking backpack. Ugh, like, yeah, it's nasty. I get so sweaty. I had to like, the reason I'm late to this is because I had to take a shower, even though we're not in the same room together. I just felt like I'm going to know she might not be able to like, smell me through the fucking zoom but like i'm just i'm a hygiene guy i just won't feel right yeah. if i'm if i'm so scuzzy from the day you know like i just you know i like to i like to be clean yeah even though my job dictates that i hang out with dogs all day and stay outside and and get really fucking gross and grody during the day like it's just you know the the, the carousel I'm, I'm kind of outside during the day yeah. a lot it's the closest to like because I never got to go to anything like a summer camp or things like that. Uh-huh. And it, it feels very much like a summertime, like, like camp counselor, like job. Yeah. Um, it does. It does have that vibe, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm outside all day. I'm just wearing like shorts, you know, um, hanging out with little kids, you know, just like getting them off of the horses, like strapping them in, <laughs> watching them lose their minds. Either they lose their minds in either the way that they absolutely do not ever want to be on a carousel. Right. Ever. They're just like, this is not fun to me. It's loud. I'm getting dizzy. Or like the other, the other end, um, our kids that are just like, they want to ride the thing 10 times. And like, I've seen parents, like, like kids, like hold on to like the pole and like their parents are like, no, we got to go. And they're just like, ah, I, I mean, do you like working with kids? Are you are, are okay with all the I ins and outs? Think, uh, with- I only work there a couple of days a week. Ah, you know, so you can kind of I've recharge never, your batteries. Yeah, and I've never like, I've never really had to, you know, like like I helped out with my little sisters and stuff a bunch, but like yeah. in 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 my like real adulthood, I have not had to ever spend uh, a lot of time with children right you know like my friends kids you know and i, I i'm not i'm not one of those people that's like like kids suck you know yeah. um i'm just not ever really around them um but at the movie theater i did really like working on the um it was like the kids show it was called film form junior and it was on sundays and i was hungover every sunday you know, because like this movie, the movie was at like 11, but we opened up at like we got had to get there at like 930 to open. Mm-hmm. And every Sunday morning, I was just like, like, these kids are so insane. I mean, <laughs> um, I, 
I remember going in, like, I remember seeing movies when I was a kid and being, you know, like, going to the movie theater was, like, a whole fucking experience because it's this huge screen and the, the sound's all loud. And, like, I remember almost having, like, my first sort of feelings of this weird anxiety that I couldn't place rushing over me when, like, the lights would go down and stuff and just be like, I hope this movie isn't too scary or something, you know, like, yeah. I, I remember, like, <laughs> thinking that. Um, but I remember, I mean, I was a pretty good movie patron when I was a kid, like I was, I, I wasn't one of those kids, like even for an ADD kid, like running out of the seat and like being a little asshole and, like, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But I, I'm sure they exist, you know, like yes. it's gotta be, it's gotta be nuts. I don't know. And like, I feel like, um, um, like a carousel pony is a lot easier to wipe down than a, than a plush movie theater seat, you know? Yeah, yeah, and the carousel and... ride is only three minutes. So yeah. right, that's a much easier <laughs> a attention easier span. To... It's outdoors, you know. Like I still, even with like COVID stuff, when I'm walking a dog and like I'm just trying to like keep my distance from people still, even though I'm like vaccinated, I'm just sort of instinctively keeping my distance. And then some kid comes up and's like, "Can I pet your dog?" And I'm like, oh, "Fuck!" Like, <gasps> I'm just like, I don't really want you dirty little body near me actually like I don't yeah. I hate to be like a like child hating misanthrope about it but I'm just like you're I don't know where you've been I don't know if you like got like a little COVID in you or whatever and you're gonna like yeah, get near my dog like I I'm I'm just trying to be left alone. I, I don't I don't I don't like this I'm not you know I'm also yeah. like yes yeah, like I'm it's I'm hung over and it's hot out or something you know? I'm just like <laughs> I don't I'm sure. so sweaty. <laughs> yeah, I just you just like drop the leash and walk away, and it's like it's your dog now. I don't want to. Be <laughs> I don't care. So, um, yeah, I mean, what you were saying about um, you know, your day job kind of getting in the way of even being able to go to shows. I mean, that's the whole fucking point of like having that job. That you know, this is a big theme on this show. Uh, where as artists, as creative people, we have to have these day jobs, uh, to pay our bills and live under capitalism and all that fun stuff. But especially in a high cost city like this, the day job demand, the money demand gets so intense that it often gets in the way of the thing you're trying to do. So then why are you even doing it? Why are you even here? And so to leave a job like that, that has insurance, that has a salary, that has, you know, kind of everything on paper that you should want, um, you know, that that sounds crazy maybe to most people, uh, but, you know, you have to just take those leaps of faith uh, sometimes. So, um, you know, I mean, kudos to you for doing that, but also like, you know, I mean, can you talk a little bit more about like what your decision process was with that? Just like, am I going to be okay without this job? How am I, like, am I making a huge mistake? Am I going to like break my leg next month and, and like wish I had insurance? Well, I, um, over the course of the pandemic, uh, uh, the movie theater was still paying us, you know, so I was very grateful for that. Yeah. And I, I saved as much as I could. And then when, you know, they had to make the decision to like, let us go, follow us, um, because no one knew what was going on, you know, at the end of the summer last year, um, I saved up all that unemployment and I just took every like pet sitting job I could find. And, you know, like I said earlier in January and February, I was just like, okay, like I'm starting to feel like a little bit more like a person that wants to like be present in this world. 
and learning to adapt about just staying at home, you know, and working on my small projects and things like that. And then when I had to go back and I was just like, uh, at the end of every day, I just had my head in my hands and I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I had to wear like, you know, I was wearing a mask all day and like, yeah, you know, trying to do all of like the customer servicey things that I did before, but like shouting through a mask. No, yeah, it fucking sucks. Like it's, <laughs> it's then, very uncomfortable. Like, I mean, you know, I was a tr- like, I wasn't going to be a little bitch about it. I was like, okay, we have to wear masks because that's, you know, what we need yeah. to do for society. But, um, you know, like, especially like outside last summer in the heat, like wearing a mask when like I, I was wearing masks outdoors, um, you know, until I was uh, vaccinated. Now I, I don't so much. Um, if, if I go into an indoor space, like I'll, I'll wear one. But um, yeah, just like breathing and like trying to bike up a hill wearing a fucking mask. Like, oh, my God, kill me. It was terrible. Yeah. Um, it was terrible. Um, but yeah, so like uh the leaving the movie theater was really hard because I really loved my staff yeah, a lot. And I liked my bosses too. Like I, I had been there for 12 years. So I was like in the last five years, five to seven years, I like, I got very good at what I was doing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I, w- I was very confident in my ability to do that job, which I had never really felt before. You know, I was just like, I was like, I can do this. No, I got this. Like, don't worry, don't worry. Right. And then to have like, you know, these, um, to have both uh, a, a staff of people trust me enough to, to be like the manager and like their leader was like, like, you know, that takes a lot of work, but also to have like the trust of these like, you know, very important New York film people, you know, also trust you and yeah. to leave a place <laughs> to to tell myself like it's okay to go was like really hard because I don't know if I'll ever be in that like sort of work situation again you know and it does make me emotional (laughs) because it's still like uh what what month is it August yeah I still have like the sort of muscle memory of like like today's Thursday you know, normally I would have to be making sure I'm getting ready for work on Friday. So I still kind of have like this, like, like, oh, like it's Thursday. Like I can't do anything tonight. You know, like I have to get up early tomorrow for a long shift. Um, but like, you know, talking about it with a bunch of other friends that were also like in the movie business that like are the movie theater business that we're all sort of like in the same boat you know, um, like a friend who worked at Alamo, you know, they were all furloughed and then like let go and then Alamo filed for bankruptcy, yeah. you know, so they don't, you know, yeah. so talking to this friend, you know, she was really supportive and just like, you know, like, it's okay to like leave that world. Yeah, like, it's, it's hard it's, though. I mean, the, okay. fucking, the scarcity you know. because like, I mean, on a good day, people are getting laid off left and right in the, in the film no. business. You know, like, I mean, my girlfriend works in film PR and ha- is friends with a lot of people who are like who work for, worked for Alamo, um, you know, doing curation and Nighthawk doing this and that and like all, all of that stuff. And like their jobs are just like come and go so fast. Like they're just like getting just like 
you know, just picked off left and right. And this was before the pandemic. And like, now they're just like all done, you know, and like, they're finally starting to like get back to things. And, but like, they've been unemployed for like the better part of 18 months or something like that. It's fucking crazy. And so, you know, to, yeah, to leave that, I mean, that's a, that's a big, that, that's a, that's big boy pants. That's big boy pants stuff. Like that is a hard thing to do. Because everything, every instinct you have is just like, no, you clutch to this branch that you have that's keeping you afloat. Yeah. Like that's, that's it. Like, you know, like I, I, I get weird about like leaving my dog walking job and it doesn't even pay that. Like, I don't even have fucking insurance or anything. It's not like a real grown up person job. It's just like some yeah. dumb dirtbag job that like is one of the only things I'm like actually capable of and good at. But <laughs> You know, like I've been able to like actually like manage and balance with my life. Um, but then like a friend of mine, he's starting like a moving co-op. Um, and, you know, I do work with him part time uh, moving apartments and stuff. And he was like, hey, you want to come on full time because I think we're getting more work. And like I got all emotional. Like I remember like feel like like you just did like like feeling like I was he was like texting me and I was like getting out of a train station. And I almost started crying because I was like. I'm going to miss all my dogs. Like, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to leave Pepper. I don't want to, yeah. you know, I don't want to leave Ciara. Like, I, I, I can't do it. Like, I just felt like a little like babe in the woods or something. I was like, I can't, I can't take this step, even though it's going to pay better. Like, I, I, just, I mean, but you know, I don't know. Moving also fucking sucks. So it's, yeah, it's backbreaking work. So yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of stairs in this fucking city. So you've had a lot of um, anxiety over the last year. Um, is that kind of your oh, main yeah. your main uh, mental mental health uh, thing? thing? Yeah, I would definitely say anxiety way, way, way more than depression. Mm-hmm. Um, the anxiety of this past year and a half has been so insane. Yeah. Um, and it it and it got to the point where. It got so bad that I am that I was able to fully sit in silence. <laughs> Does that make sense? Mm, like, 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 it, like it was so like screeching, you know, and like the anxiety was just like so right. strange and loud that like the only thing I could do was just like sit in silence. Like I couldn't listen to music. I didn't yeah. drink. You know, I couldn't. I wasn't sleeping. But I was just like laying down and staring at the wall and just like, just being quiet. <laughs> right. Because inside your head was just too loud. It was, was just way it? too loud. Yeah. It's like almost like the opposite of meditation. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're like sitting, you're like in like a Zen garden, you know, and like, and you're like in lotus pose, but like inside your head, you're like, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> right. Is yeah. that what it, you have your head shaved? And you're like doing like Tai Chi, but like, and, and it's like very like quiet, but inside it's, it's just like clambering. Um, there's friend of the show, Will Winner, described a similar feeling as uh, mental tinnitus, which um, I, I really like. That really stuck out to me. It was just like, because I've had that before where it's you get fixated on some awful thing in your head and you can't fucking focus on work. You can't fucking focus on your relationships or your chores or anything that you need to be doing, your errands. Like, it's just so loud and overpowering. It's like a, 
you know, like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a loud noise. It's like a, like a, a horrible smell in the room that you can't just like funk. You can like kind of try and like grit your teeth and act like everything's fine, but you really, you, you can't fully be expected to function at normal capacity. And yet you got to put on your pants and go to work every day and stuff. But like, you know, I mean, during the pandemic, it was different because, Oh, well, during the quarantine, it was different because, right, uh, right, right. you know, we we were just left to sit there in it and and, and you know, you you could, uh, you know, have Zoom meetings and you could watch Netflix and you could, you know, take up sourdough baking or whatever the fuck people were doing. But you know, you could also just sit there and stare at the wall too. And so like I did, I did plenty of that too. And like, you know, when, when people talk about like, what'd you do during, during the pandemic? And like, I was like, I released like four episodes of this podcast for the entire year. Like I kind of didn't do much. Like, I don't know. I, I, I got, I I took up kettlebells. I, I, I did some, (laughs) some stuff, but like nothing that impressive, you know, like, I don't know. It's yeah. I don't know. Um, what got you out of that? Um, a couple of things that sort of got me out of that was like, first of all, pet sitting, Mm -hmm. because like, uh, my relationship with these two, like it's uh, uh, two cats and their brothers. My relationship with them really intensified last year <laughs> because I was alone in Bushwick for about a month and a half before they texted me to come out here. And I was here for three weeks. And um, I like, they were like the, like, you know, my roommates, you know, like I got very like attached to them because mm-hmm. everything was so sad and lonely, you know, but then also they're animals and they want to be fed, you know, like uh, as sweet as they are, like they still want me to just feed them. <laughs> right. Um, so, so whenever I was pet sitting, um, anxiety wasn't so bad. Um, but when I wasn't, it was very, very intense and lonely and it and when it got to like a really terrible point i was like um okay i need to change something right now you know and then i was like uh, i was like uh because at the place that i was staying um for the first three months of quarantine my stuff was in storage um so my i was staying at an apartment in kensington in between pet sits um so i would uh would that particular month in July, when it was like really, really bad, um, I just was like, I'm going to go bike to the beach. I'm going to bike to the beach like every day. And just even if I don't spend that much time out there, I'm just going to go out there and sit by myself, you know, and just have this like long bike ride and beach time take up, take up a big part of the day. So then like it was like my work activity, you know, mm-hmm. and then I would, um, you know, bike back to this apartment and, uh, or my friend's apartment. And then, you know, like I would make dinner and I would like work on a little painting, you know? Um, so, you know, I just tried to do like, whenever I get sort of crazy like that, 
I try to like just do like a, a task that uh, that has like a completion, you know, like make lasagna or something, right. you know. Um, but I couldn't really do that in between the cat sit because I was at an apartment that was not really equipped for making a lasagna. And like, what am I going to do with the lasagna in July, right. you know, by myself? <laughs> You know, um, so, you know, I just tried to work more on like my little paintings and, you know, make sure that I had that I had a different time of quiet time every day, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like that was more meditative and less like, you know, um, the tinnitus. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the narrative of your anxiety? Was it uh, about something specific? I mean, I mean, obviously the pandemic um, probably didn't help exactly, but I feel like a lot of people during uh, a lot of more anxiety-ridden people I know, including myself, we were anxious about a whole bunch of other shit that didn't necessarily, like the pandemic might have triggered it, but then it just like sort of spiderwebbed out all this other stuff so like was it was it about something in particular um well uh up until that point in july it was about uh finding a place to live because i still hadn't found a place to live yet in july and luckily the movie theater was still paying us but i was also anxious because there was a time last summer where the movie theaters were like on schedule to reopen at the end of July or like in August or something. Mm -hmm. And there was still like no vaccine. And so I was like anxious about these two things of like not having a place to live, but then just going to work in the movie theater, like in a pandemic, like just work inside, yeah. you know, I, I was just like, I, is that really going to happen? Like, I, I, I was just like, like I, you know, Oh my God, I haven't thought about that in a long time. But yeah. like, I like, um, I, I I lost it, you know, a little bit that week. And then, <laughs> you know, um, the movie theater reopening got like pushed indefinitely. Yeah. And then they, they uh, let us go, I think in mid-August. So, but then in August, I had finally, like a week or two later, I'd finally signed a lease um and then uh, you know they let us go so it, it it kind of was able to like wrap itself up in like a couple of weeks like the major the two major things of like me going back to work without a vaccine and having a place to live uh what was with the, uh, your living situation were you like priced out of the old place or people were moving out of there <laughs> well my lease you know uh my 2020 plan was uh, I was going to move in with my friend Kevin and his partner in Harlem into like their two bedroom rent stabilized apartment. Mm -hmm. And I was going to just pay like 400 a month and then, you know, do road gigs right. once a month. Right. Isn't that sound great? Sounds pretty sick. <laughs> Does that sound like a yeah, that sounds, that sounds, plan? That, that sounds like a good plan. That was the plan. But then, um, so my lease was up at the, up at the end of April and um, me and Kevin, we were talking about it and I was like, I don't know if I want to live with a couple and two cats 
in Harlem, like, and sort of be kind of isolated. And he was like, yeah, you know, we don't know what's going to happen either. And we kind of want to have the place to ourselves. So it was very amicable, right. you know. Um, but uh, that being said, my room had already been given away in my current apartment. Oh. Or, you know, so yeah. it wasn't like I could even stay because these guys had already made plans, yeah. you know. And then um, one roommate, so I had two roommates. One of them got stuck in New Jersey with his girlfriend who was sick. And he did us like a huge solid and stayed out there for until May when I left yeah. to come to the cat sit. Sick with COVID? And then, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other roommate, she decided to move out. You know, so she did. Um, and it was a little frustrating because the guy... He was subletting and he wasn't on the lease, but the one that had moved out was supposed to sign the lease and get him on it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So when she left, that kind of sent him into like a spiral. Um, but I was like, you know, I, I'm just going to stay. I'll, I was like, I got in touch with the management company and I was like, I, I mean, I could have, I could use the extra month anyway. Um, and then I just sort of played scared lady, scared COVID lady. Right. I was like, you can't have anyone in here. I was like, but I do have a friend that, uh, <laughs> I do have a friend that is interested in the apartment. Right. You know? And so I put them in touch through email and, you know, they worked it all out. It ended up being fine, but I still had to like do something with my stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, so at the, when I left this cat sit in May, I went back to my old apartment, put everything in storage for a few months, and then uh, took a couple of weeks. You know, like every day I was like looking on Craigslist, Street Easy, all those like sites, you know, yeah. and trying to figure out like, could I live alone? Could I afford to live alone? No. Could I afford <laughs> to pay $1,400 plus bills in Bay Ridge, yeah. could I do that? You know, and it was just like, no. For like a one bedroom, like closet off a hallway with a shared yeah, bathroom. Yeah, it was like, like calling it like a, no. you know, like I'm sleeping next to the fridge. Like I was like, <sighs> I was like, even if I kept, like was able to keep my job, do I want to pay $1,400, $1,500, you know? for this thing, you know, just to be alone more, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I got lucky that my current roommate, who I actually know from Austin, uh, we used to work together at a movie theater there. Um, she is an archivist at MoMA. So she was, she's been employed this whole time. And uh, we were able to find a really good apartment together. And it's been like, it's been domestic bliss. Right. <laughs> I hang out with her and her boyfriend Kevin. It's great. Oh, that's a Kevin's. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's another Kevin. How do you act when you're when you're in the throes of a of anxiety? Are you are you angry? Do you cry a lot? Do you uh, do you is it noticeable to other people or is it mostly just like kind of like an internal thing where everybody's like, oh, I didn't know anything was wrong with Melissa. <laughs> Um, I, 
I think some people notice and some people don't. Um, and like, uh, what, a, what a phrase. Um, but sometimes I would sort of just be drinking a little too much, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> very, a very little too much. And, you know, that is def- would definitely be noticeable to certain people who knew me pretty well. Um, and then also like over this last year and a half, I've gotten better about sort of removing myself from social situations that I'm not ready for. You know, like if I, if I'm just not feeling well, I, in the before times, I probably would have been just been like, come on, get right. it together. Buck up. Like, come on, it's a party. Right. Hang out, you know, but now I'm just kind of like, you know, so good to see you. I'm not feeling well. And I'm just going to be like a downer at this party. I have to go, right. you know? Um, but like, mostly I've just been handling it like alone, you know? And I just felt like, like the, the sort of like big, you know, events of like the anxiety, like, yeah. you know, staying up for a few days or something and just like, not being able to eat and just sort of crashing. Um, Like I would usually go that, go through that alone and then sort of like in the days coming out of it, you know, just talk to a good friend who can, you know, who understands it and stuff instead of like not having a little bit of closure to it, you know? Um, But yeah. I don't know if I answered the question. <laughs> yeah, no, you did. I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's always interesting to me the way different, the way the same emotion or the same, uh, I don't know, mental ailment will manifest itself in different ways. Um, you know, some people, it almost like their anxiety almost on the outside makes them look more productive because they're like doing, you know, 200 push-ups a day or some shit but it's just because they're they're like i'm secretly doing this because i think i have a rotten soul and i'm trying to like i'm trying to fix my body in some way to like make it make myself acceptable to people but you know uh, or some people just like get into arguments all the time some people just like make it about like petty bullshit like you know so it's 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 interesting i like the different ways um in which it you know manifests itself the same the same thing and, and you know a lot of people in, in the last year, obviously, like anxiety and loneliness were two very big things that a lot of people were dealing with, you know, like sort of en masse, en masse, en masse. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't like using borrowed French in my, uh, is that French? <laughs> is that a French term? I don't know, uh, in, in, in my colloquialisms, but. Um, have you been going back to uh, shows and, and, and hanging out with people? Um, I just keep telling myself, like, just do things at your own pace and don't get caught up in trying to do everything. Because in the before times, I did a lot. You know, I I was out at shows every night or doing shows every night, um, going to two to three birthday parties, you know, every Friday and Saturday and just like and still working. I worked four days a week. Um, and just, you know, sort of having this like really intense party animal lifestyle of just like, you know, uh, 
eating half a sandwich, like half a deli sandwich throughout the day and like that's it and just having like, right. you know, either I mean, drinking a, or not very, drinking. Yeah, that's a New York thing. Very, New Yorkers like to burn the candle at both ends and like be a little too yeah. intense. Until, until like it, it would be like, you know, uh, it would be maybe like almost every two weeks, like my body would just be like, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> You're done. Mm. <laughs> um, the- but yeah, so like I've just been, I haven't been trying to do like multiple shows a night or anything. I haven't really done a big show ask yet. I have like two shows next week where it's just a little like um, out of like good faith that mm-hmm. I've been asked, you know, um, just from like people who know me from social media or like the before times. Um, and, you know, people that I think are just like, know that I, people that like me think that I'll do a good job and are just sort of giving me like a little bit of a, uh, what is it when you give someone a chance? Yeah. <laughs> so I think, you know, I'll do my best, you know, uh, but yeah, I have like, sort of like, um, you know, like I'm just trying to do like one or two things a week and not get to like, you know, overwhelm myself too much. Like make yeah. sure I have at least one or two or three nights by myself alone with my thoughts, you know? Um, yeah. Um, what I've noticed uh, since the, I don't know, since the world has been opening back up, whether it should or not, um, is yeah. that FOMO is really, is back in a weird way. Like now that shows are happening again, um, I've found myself, um, you know, a couple of times now, uh, just like kicking myself for not going out to this or that thing. And I was just like, you know, cause it's, it's almost like it made it worse. Cause it was like, this was deprived of us for so long. And now, like we should be jumping at every chance to go see something, to go do a thing. Um, but you know, I'm trying to be a little bit more forgiving. It's hard to be like forgiving yeah. of yourself and patient with yourself, especially like, you know, there's a show, um, friend of the show, Luisa Diaz put on a couple of weeks ago at uh, asylum that I really wanted to go to, Oh, which, um, which one? uh, uh, what's it called? Casual sets at Asylum. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm um, going tonight. Yeah, the, I mean, I want to go tonight, too, but we're getting on a plane at fucking four in the morning. Yeah. Like, And two weeks ago, uh, Jake Flores was on the show. I wanted to go see him. I haven't seen him do stand-up in a while. I knew he was leaving for tour. He was just on my podcast, and I was like, oh, I'm trying to, you know, like, I, I want to be buddies with these people, and, like, I want to, like, come see their stuff. But, like, I just couldn't do it. Like, we were, like, boxing stuff up at our old apartment, and I was just like, I'm fucking exhausted. Like, we're getting a van tomorrow. This is going to suck so bad. Like, I can't. I can't do it. Like, I'm just yeah. too fucking mentally. Like, it's, it's you know. When you're the person who, like, gets to the party and is like, uh, sorry, I can't do this. Like, I'm just going to be a fucking bummer. So I'm just going to go. I just won't even go. <laughs> I just, I'll just be like, I yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I can't do it. I said I was gonna, but like, I, I honestly, yeah, I'm, not, like, I'm also, not getting on the fucking train. I'm not fighting like the weather to get to the G train to get all the way up to Williamsburg to like go there and schlep there. And I'm not gonna like, uh, nah, eh. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like last year, last August, when I was moving into my place and it's like a uh, bedside. So like, but closer to 
you know, Broadway and like every time I didn't go to, to any shows last year, mm-hmm. I went, I did one outdoor show and that was the only show that I went to. I didn't, I didn't go to any shows and you performed or you were, uh, I, I performed audience. at this one you show. Performed at one show. And um, all the shows I did last year were Zoom shows mm-hmm. that people just asked me to do. So I was very grateful for that, that I had like enough good standing that right. people still thought of me. Um, last still last summer, I feel like they didn't quite have live shows or outdoor shows down quite as much as they like. Now I've been to a few outdoor yeah. shows and they're like actually like kind of good. And I feel like most performers now have gotten used to performing outdoors, um, yeah, yeah. which is a different, like a slightly different animal. Like it's supposed to be in like a low ceiling, dark room, but like now I think i from what I've seen, from what I can glean just as an audience member, they seem to be more comfortable on stage. Even if it's like that show in Bushwick, that's like in the backyard of a bodega, you know, like that's, that's is it just, the central organic. Show? Yeah. That one, like it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's like a weird little, sh- you know, like, uh, uh, like kind of fenced off area and they like put fans in there, but there's no fucking air, but like they perform, like there's not really even like an elevated stage. You're like kind of just like standing in front of people on some folding chairs, but they can do it like they've adapted to it and they like have a good set and it's just like oh cool so like we've gotten there but like i went to like one show in prospect park like last year and it was just like so awkward and weird and also i think everybody was still like really fucking just scared and wigging out and just like i don't kind of, i don't like, really feel like laughing right now i'm having a nervous breakdown like you know it it just wasn't it wasn't wasn't fun um but like yeah now now i think they're i kind of almost prefer an outdoor show now um yeah feels safer for one thing but also just i like being outside yeah i um i this is the second time i've gone to louise's show and i think it's the only two indoor shows that i've gone to Mm -hmm. which is probably right um but yeah, like I, I'm just, you know, trying to do things at my own pace and also, but also I'm trying to um, com- have like a good balance between like committing to something and like when I tell someone I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there, right. you know, but also make sure like if I'm going to tell that person I'm going to be there, I can't have like have five or six other things scheduled that week, you know, like I can't keep saying yes to everything and then, you know, beat myself up if I don't go. Like, I just need to have the balance of like, just don't do anything Tuesday to Friday next week or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the pre-interview, you described yourself as somebody who moves at their own pace, which, um, which I really like. And, and that's, I think a hard thing to do because, uh, you know, again, the machinations of capitalism and the industries that we work in, uh, they don't want, they want you to move at the industry's pace. They want you to move at yeah, like the world's so pace, uh, especially like a, in this city. I mean, like it's so fucking, you know, just the, the hustle and bustle culture. Like it's really difficult to be the voice that is like, nah, I'm going to go at my own speed. Um, because I mean, there's, yeah, people, people will, 
judge you for that. People will, uh, you know, call you, I don't know, a hobbyist, call you lazy, like whatever. Like <laughs> it's, it's true, but like, you know, but, um, it's, it's important. And I, I think, you know, it, what's more important for people who are really in it for love of the game and really in it for the art, uh, is that they just, that they still enjoy doing it and they're not just like churning it out because they feel compelled to you know when you like moved when you were a kid uh to like going from you know uh, you're you're mexican-american and and Mm -hmm. going from like kind of a mostly like mexican latino community to a white community and then realizing Mm -hmm. that like uh so much of uh the therapy world and so much of like, I don't know, just the world culture and everything. If you, if you're not looking for it, it's sort of invisible, but like body image and stuff like that is all based around Caucasian, uh, mm-hmm. beauty standards. Um, so can you talk a little bit more about that? Cause I thought, I thought that was like a really interesting, um, I don't know, uh, uh, thread. Last year when, um, like all the protests were happening and stuff and you know all of these like sort of boundaries and like uh gatekeeping all this stuff was like uh being re re really reevaluated you know um i think a little bit a lot more harshly and stuff and i felt like you know uh as a person of color woman of color um who is a couple of generations behind, um, older than a lot of the young people that would never put up with anything that I put up with, which I, I appreciate, you know, and I, I, I do look up to young people in that way because I'm just like, oh my God, they're not just like putting, putting up with this, you know? And I, I find that really admirable. And I wish that, you know, there was a time in my life where I, didn't think that I had to, that I, that I had, uh, uh, that I wasn't as good as a white woman, you know? And I wish that there was a time in my life where I didn't learn that, that a white woman is like the standard of beauty, you know, because that affected me a lot well into my twenties and into my early thirties. And then, um, Jordan Ashley, you know, the photographer, Jordan I, Ashley? I, I don't, I'm not familiar. Okay. She was just like, I was just at, at a show or something and she did, uh, she's a photographer, like I said, and she took photos and like, she took this picture of me and I was just like, oh my God. I was like, that's a really good picture. I was like, are you sure I look like right. that? <laughs> Isn't that the best when you see a photo of yourself and you're like, okay, all right. I was like, wow you know and it was like a photo and i even like emailed her like i didn't know her i was just like hey just so you know this picture is like really affecting me and in a like making me feel very confident in a way i haven't felt before um and so like uh in the last like you know few years just sort of feeling a little bit more confident in myself and like what i look like and you know uh thinking about like that time in the third grade where like this kid like called me like a dirty Mexican, you know, like things like that, like, like that clearly, like I've thought about that for like 30 years, you know, and it's fucked up. (laughs) Um, 
but you know, I've, I've been trying to not, uh, like when I was in group therapy, I specifically did not talk about being a Mexican American person. I didn't bring up anything, anything about food at all, because I know what that path leads to. Um, I didn't really bring up anything about, you know, my culture and stuff because I didn't want there to be a bunch of rich white people asking me questions. You know, it's like, I don't know Spanish, you know, like don't ask me to translate something for you. Like just these sort of like assumptions and like curiosities and whatever. And so I never felt fully comfortable in therapy, even though there were parts that I thought were good. Um, But overall, I just felt very uncomfortable um, like there was like a woman who was talking about like going on safari, taking her daughter-in-law and son on safari. And I was just like, I, and I'm, and I'm just supposed to talk about my existence to right. this person. And they also didn't understand that, like, cause none of these people had jobs like, you know, dog, dog walking or a barista or like movie theater manager where like, where we work year round. Yeah. There's no like, like two week uh, off, uh, you know, with Christmas and New Year's. There's like, there's no like, you know, uh, day off on Thanksgiving, you know, in in these businesses. And so like, it was the week of Thanksgiving, and uh, normally therapy was on Wednesday, and then they wanted to move it to Tuesday. And I was like, I work on Wednesday at night. You know, and they were literally just like, why can't you just move it? <laughs> I don't understand. Like, right. can you just take a, take a break? <laughs> can you just like, you know, like, oh, I'm just going to take a three hour therapy break at my movie theater job. Yeah. Like, you know, and so something else that really bummed me out was that like, even though that they they moved it to Tuesday. um, Or no, they what was it? They moved it to Tuesday or Wednesday or something, but it was like a day I couldn't, I couldn't go cause I was working and I still got charged <laughs> for the session. And I was like, I'm trying really hard to like get my brain and my like emotions all together and like be a responsible adult or a responsible person, you know? Um, and I just felt like there was like a lot, uh, yeah. Uh, against against me and um then over like the pandemic i and and when i left them i i know i probably should have said like these these are the reasons i'm leaving you right but what i said was my work schedule is changing and i can't come in anymore which i know is very unhelpful you know, but I was just sort of thinking about what kind of battle do I want to put myself into? <laughs> do I want to like go over everything with each white person in this group session and tell them everything that they've done wrong? You know, like I just yeah. didn't really want to like put myself through that because it was just it would just be one more time of me just like, OK, let's talk about white people again. You know, yeah, it's a bummer because I'm a big believer in therapy. And I think that uh, therapy, like group therapy, support groups, I haven't really done much in the way of that. But I, I'm a big believer in that. But it, it's uh, 
it sucks that people with sort of first access to that that are tend to be fairly privileged um, because it should, it should be the other way. <laughs> like it should be the, it should be the other way around. <laughs> like the people yeah. with like the least amount of uh, privilege, money, uh, you know, socioeconomic uh, uh, class should be should be the first in line for for therapy because they probably need it more because there's more shit stressing them the fuck out you know like it's it's really it sucks and you know like that's i'm glad to see therapy move more into the mainstream um because sort of look where it's come from in our lifetimes where it really did used to be like the stereotype of somebody who goes to therapy is like a, you know, like neurotic upper West side Jewish person. Like that's pretty much it, you know? (laughs) And so like, now it's just like, no, like you should go to therapy if you live in a small town, if you, you know, like if you're a blue collar worker, like it's for everybody and everybody goes through stuff like that and needs it, you know, from time to time. Uh, and, and like, it, it should hopefully be embraced by everybody, but it's difficult because like the first time you take a fucking step into it, like you're, you're surrounded by like- white ladies in like pith helmets, <laughs> literally like going on fucking safari, like Jesus Christ. I was like, oh my God, she's going on safari. <laughs> she's going to bring back some like really like cringy, like, you know, like an African mask to put in her fucking apartment or some shit. Yeah, they, um, someone in, in, in like my goodbye um, group, um, somebody did say they, they, they did say that like we, uh, we, we appreciate how much you let us know about your culture. And I was just like, I didn't say anything. In my brain, I was like, but I purposely didn't say anything about that. And Did I- Did they just you know, glean that from your of, last name or something? Yeah. And I was just kind of like, okay. Wow. Well, thank you. Best of luck. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, but the, on the other end, those people really liked me, you know? <laughs> Like, I'm sure they did. You're a very likable person. Oh, thank you. But like, I may not have vibed with them in like uh, a therapy sense. They really did not want me to go because I was like the youngest one there, like Mm. at least by like 10 years. And so it's like, my stories are different because like, right. And you're like, cool. Single party animal. Like (laughs) you're an artist and shit. They're all like boring, like like married to stockbrokers. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I want to circle back to body image because uh, that's a really, I mean, that's a hard fucking struggle, uh, especially for women. Um, And, uh, you know, it's, when I think about it in terms of just the issues surrounding women's bodies and the way they're supposed to look or like uh, how much, you know, weight you're supposed to have or not have. Um, and, and how like we have to, people have to feel like they need to live by this standard that's set up by people they don't know and 
people who they don't necessarily share like a cultural background with. And also the standard changes. And like, I'm glad to see in our lifetimes that it, it, it's changed a lot, you know, because we grew up in the mm-hmm. 90s with like heroin chic and, you know, thin is in Kate Moss, like, and, and like, now, like, you know, who's who's hot right now? Like Megan the Stallion, like, you know, like yeah. <laughs> Cardi B, like these like voluptuous women, um, you know, and and you got like Ashley Graham on like Victoria's Secret ads and stuff like it's and like, I'm all about that. <laughs> like, frankly, like that's that's more like because like when I was like listening to like, I don't know, uh, Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, you know, and, and like Raekwon was talking about like women with thick legs and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, honestly, like this is this is more <laughs> like I can't I I, I, like, I'm almost, I yeah, I'm it was like cool <laughs> because like I feel like I'm a crazy person for being yeah. into that because like everybody's supposed to be these like skinny little like, you know, like rail thin pencil people. And I, I just like that's fine if that's what you look like, but like, that's like a very small percentage of people. And honestly, it just doesn't really do it for me, you know? Um, and so like now, uh, the standards have changed, but it, it's, it has come like, like I said, from, from outside mostly of white culture, it's come from like hip hop culture. Like there's, there's a lot more celebration of, uh, you know, a more, curvy zoftig body in uh black culture in latino culture and in, in all of that stuff and and like i'm it's interesting that with you know i don't know more embracing of uh of perspectives outside the the white american paradigm that there has been also of course more acceptance of um, you know, different body types. Um, and like, I, I, again, like with the, you know, the advent and acceptance of therapy, like I'm glad to see like the progress we've made. I mean, there's still fucking work to be done. There's still, you know, like half the women I know have had an eating disorder at some point in their lives, you know, and, and, uh, a good amount of men I know fucking hate their bodies too. Cause they're yeah. not like, they're not like bulky. They don't have biceps. They don't have like, you know, like good delts or whatever, like the, like obsession with building muscle mass, which is like, honestly way more fucking work than, than, than <laughs> even like losing weight. Like, cause you have to like really fucking put your body through something. It's insane. You know, yeah. um, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's nuts. And it goes along with depression and low self-esteem and, um, and, and just a lot of other mental health struggles. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Well, like whenever I, um, which we call it, have a anxiety and like, you know, when I'm in a sort of depression swing, I just don't eat and I don't eat, uh, I don't eat not because of like an eating disorder, but it's like, it's just more emotionally. I just don't be, I just, as a person, I don't deserve to be nourished, you know? So there have been times where like, you know, I have eaten very little or nothing. And like in a couple of weeks I've lost like 10 pounds, Yeah, you know, and I'm just sort of like, you know, running on fumes or whatever. Um, and 
those times I've gotten like compliments from people that are like, you look really good. <laughs> and I'm like, and in my brain, I'm like, first of all, like don't comment on someone's body if it's not like, if, if, if they're not like, like, Hey, like I just ran this marathon and you're like, yeah, way to go. Good job. You know, like, right. and, and unless someone else brings it up, like, just don't say like anything about someone's body because you don't know why it looks like that, you know? Um, so that always kind of like, you know, fucked with me. Um, because when I'm like, you know, a more like healthy weight, you know, that's because I'm eating and I'm happy and I feel good about myself. Yeah. So it kind of messes with my brain a little bit because I'm like, oh, but if I don't eat, then people compliment how skinny I am. And that's like a different thing, you know, but uh, don't they want me to be happy and eating, you know, and um, I just keep trying to in the last few years, I've been trying more to keep my uh, keep my body image uh, I try to like tie being healthy to it, yeah. you know, and I'm like, as long as you're like eating good, like eating well and like eating like good foods for you, you know, like, yes, you can have a little bit more cheese, whatever, but don't, uh, don't try to go the other way and just, you know, completely submit to like this, like, don't eat. Everyone thinks you look pretty. Yeah. <laughs> It's again, and it like it manifests itself in very different ways because a lot of people gain a ton of weight when they're when they're feeling really bad, too, because, you know, like as a I mean, I'm an emotional eater. I'm a stress eater. You know, I will fucking house an entire box of Oreos, entire yeah. box, you know, um, not currently because I'm feeling pretty good. And also Oreo workers are on strike right now. So it's, you know, solidarity right. with them and everything mm -hmm. parenthetical. But like. You know, it, it you said this a couple of times in the pre-interview um, and it really broke my heart. Like the idea that you feel like you don't deserve food and like you don't deserve good relationships. And like even when you were talking about your anxiety and like not reaching out to people because I get the impression that it's that you feel like you don't you don't want to burden people or you don't deserve to, you know, have any kind of help like that. And that's really fucking that's. That's the worst part about, you know, feeling really bad is I've had this happen to me, too, where I've felt so shitty about myself that I wanted to get worse. You mm -hmm. know, like I didn't want I didn't feel like I deserved help. I didn't feel like I deserved therapy. I didn't feel like I deserved friendship or you know, like, yeah, nourishment, hygiene, anything like new clothes, new shoes. Like I, I, you know, like I have to catch myself sometimes still when I'm, you know, looking to get anything for myself, you know, uh, be it, a, a new pair of glasses or a new, uh, phone or a new haircut or like anything that's for myself because I'm just like, why? I don't, I, I don't, <laughs> needs that shit like I don't like you know like I what have I done to deserve it you know yeah. what how I haven't earned this it's it sucks like um I also went through like a good lesson of that last year 
when uh, somebody stole my bike. <laughs> mm. Somebody stole my bike Labor Day weekend. And I had like, I just, uh, Film Form just let us go. And so I'd load, like I had like three or four cat sits, pet sits. And I was leaving here, like the fancy one to go check on these other cats. And I had like, they, they're, they're so nice. They let me keep um, my bike in the, uh, like the storage closet. Yeah. But I was like biking from one place to the other. And so I just like locked it outside and I forgot to bring it inside. And then I go out and like, it's gone. And I had to go buy a bike that day because I had cats to check on. So I could, you know, I, I couldn't just like, you know, not do this, you know, like animals don't care that your bike got stolen. <laughs> yeah. No, you got to get there. And you have to take care of them. And so, you know, I posted it on social media and a lot of people like uh, reached out to me and like sent me money. And I was just like, thank you. You know, yeah. like it was like the first time where I was like, you know, I think it's okay to take this help because people know me. People know what, like, the biking is a part of my personality and, like, my life. And, like, it's how I, you know, the only way I get around, you know. So, like, that was the first time, like, in a really long time where I was just like, okay, I will take all these Venmo, <laughs> these Venmo payments and, like, you know, Did I you have the impulse the to, to decline them and say, no, like, I'm, I'm going to handle this myself? Well, like, you know, people are like texting me and like, what's your Venmo and stuff. And I would just be like, oh, no, 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 that's okay. And then they're like, no, 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 no. We're going to send you money. And right. I'm just like, okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. Especially with money, like with money stuff, that's, it's hard to, you know, again, it's a like working class artist thing where you're not going to have a whole lot of like adult you know quote unquote adult level money through your life so sometimes you have to just like let somebody treat you to something and there's levels of shame there's the capitalist shame the just like uh -huh. i should be i i should have this myself you know as as like a if if i was like worth a shit if i was like really a successful more successful person if i was better at what i do if i was a real man whatever then people wouldn't <laughs> yeah. be buying me shit um but then there's just beyond money just the idea of accepting something nice from somebody when you don't when you wouldn't do that for yourself you know like yeah. when you wouldn't give yourself that level of a break you know it's it's hard yeah yeah and also, like, I have, like, another sort of, like, level with, like, when the bike, uh, like, my bike that got stolen, I have to stop saying my bike that got stolen when someone stole my bike. Yeah. <laughs> um, when someone stole my bike, that bike was, like, the first thing I bought myself brand new mm. in a really long time, you know, and, like, what kind you know, of bike was it? Was it? Oh, I don't remember what kind. <laughs> Three speed, I don't remember 10 speed. Was that a, what is that? A oh, commuter a bike, speed. a road bike? It was a single speed. Mm. Like, um, it had pink rims. It was like seafoam green. Ooh. 
was like, it was, oh, so it was like, it was like a cute bike and kind of like a, it was cool, like a cute bike. I still do I was, have I one. I have one single myself. speed. I never, I rarely ride it. I'm just like, I'm too, I feel like I'm too old now or something. Well, <laughs> I mean, like it's mainly because I bike everywhere. And like my first, I live in Red Hook and my first gig is all the way up on Prospect Park West. And oh, so wow. it's just a hill yeah, across from the yeah the slope. slope, the the titular slope of Park Slope. They don't call it that for nothing because like from Third yeah. Avenue all the way up all those all those avenue blocks is just like a 45 degree incline and just like going up that shit, like having no cargo with like my backpack on my back going up just like this. is I can't keep doing this to my body. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but you had you had you know a, a like a cool girl bike. You had a seafoam green. I had a, I had a, I had a cool girl bike. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's heartbreaking when it happens to a bike you actually really care about. Like so, yeah. like I've had just like, you know, just like bullshit bikes taken from mm-hmm. me before, and I was like, eh, I sucks, but like, whatever. But like, there is this feeling when when you're really connected to a bike and someone fucks with it. I almost got into a fight with someone today uh, because he didn't lock his bike to my bike, which I would have fought him, but he had it parked. He had it parked like right next to mine. It It was like, and then did like a little, like I I was looking at, well, I was, here's what happens. I was looking at it. I was kind of walking up to it. I still had a couple more sits to go to. And it looked like they were like right on top of each other. And so I kind of just like threw my hands up and was just sort of like, oh, what the fuck? Like, and it was like walking towards it. And it was like this big, uh, one of those big fat tire e-bike things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And this guy comes running out and he's just like, oh, that's my bike. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to move it. And I was like, cool. Like, please do, you know, and just sort of like, I probably gave him a bit of a look. Um, and he was like, you could have gotten your bike out anyway, throw your fucking hands up and like, like got an attitude with me about it. And I was just like, okay, dude. Like, and, and like he was on the phone with somebody and I get, he had like his hand in a cast, um, and was talking about how like they don't take his insurance and he had to come all the way over here and they don't take his insurance. And I was like, I could say two things. Like, do you want your <laughs> other hand broken? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like just like be an asshole or I, I could just be like, okay, look, he's okay. having a bad time. I've been in this yeah. position before. You show up to a doctor. They don't take your insurance. I'm sure he's stressed out. We have a common enemy here, the American healthcare system. Yes. I'm going to just, like, let it go. And just, yeah. you know, like, I got cat sits. I got a plane to catch tomorrow. I want to go to jail. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I don't need to. I don't want to deal with this right now. You know, like, so, um, yeah, it just. But the fact that he was just even in my bike's circle when people, when I leave my bike out on the street and somebody just like tosses a coffee cup in the basket or some shit like that, <sighs> like, I'll kill you. The fuck so, kind of, a, it's such a fuck you. It's such a like, yeah. it's such a, you could just throw that coffee cup on the ground. Like, you might as well just do that. Like, yeah. if you're going to be a dick about your trash and just like make it someone else's problem, then just, then just drop the cup where it is like you have to actually make an effort you have to be like i'm gonna walk over to that bike and put it there in the basket you have to make a conscious choice to do that you could just like be like duh just walk away just walk (laughs) away like the fucking animal you are but no 
you have to like put it in like I take that so personal <laughs> every time. Yeah, I hate that yeah. shit. It's 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 really unnecessary. It's really unhelpful. It's very un- unneighborly. Yeah, not cool. like like when uh you know at the beginning of lockdown quarantine and all that like you know biking for me was like the only time I was able to like because I I was like off Linden and Knickerbocker like near Broadway in Bushwick and that was just like that never slowed down. Yeah. It never like I was never able to go for walks. You know, Broadway was just as loud and as as it Broadway you know, has is, always been. Oh man. Yeah. And so like that might be the ugliest street like, in the like, city. I'm sorry. It's yeah. fucking terrible over there. Like with this with the so train loud. running over it. It's so loud and shitty. Like, yeah, it's gross. And then yeah, just so dirty. And I just, you know, biking, you know, really was just like you know, I'm going to take the long way, you know? Yeah. I mean, biking sucks. Like that whole entire street is just like pothole. It just looks like, I don't know. Yeah. Like yeah, a it's, domino it, it, or something. There's just, there's just <laughs> pothole, pothole, pothole. Like it's crazy. Talk a little bit about, um, your, you have a very distinctive social media personality. I feel like, <laughs> um, it's, there's a, a an innocence and kind of a um, I don't know a cuteness to it. Um, <laughs> I've, I haven't seen your stand up. Like I wanted to have you on the show just based on that. I was like, I'm, she does stand up. I'm sure she's she's great and all that other stuff too. But um, you know, you talked a little bit in the pre-interview about how that like that is a fairly curated uh, you know version of you. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, like I feel like. Uh, social media, um, social media, you know, like I was in my like thirties whenever this, this thing became a thing, you know, like, um, you know, late twenties, I I think I was like in my late twenties when I got an Instagram and I, you know, like, like anyone's first, like six months to a year of Instagram, it's like all like filtered, weird pictures yep. that have, that are just kind of like boring. You know, mine were like that too. Just like weird sidewalks, like who gives a shit about this? This is stupid. Um, and then I kind of just started to let my brain sort of wander a little bit more into sort of building a character. And like, I think one thing, uh, one thing, like one of the reasons I'm never bored mm-hmm. is because like, even if, even if I have like, no, even if I have nothing, but like my own brain and like a pen and a paper, like I'll, I'll do something, you know? And I just think that that's like the weird, like, um, I don't know, like little loner kid in me. That's just like, I don't know. This is kind of funny. Cool. Like, yeah. Um, but with like, uh, Twitter and stuff, you know, uh, it did kind of become this really funny, like solace for me last year, um, where I did do like a lot of like diary posts. (laughs) Um, but I also tried to just sort of make it like fun, you know, and I, I, I try to make it like, uh, I do try to make it like cute, yeah. you know, because like, why not, you know? Um, and I, I, if I tweeted everything that I thought, like 
either everyone would follow me or no one would. Right. Because it would just be a million thoughts a day. So I try not to do that. Uh, but sometimes I have too much coffee and I do do that. Um, but I also want it to sort of be like a little bit of like a pissed off person, you know? Right. <laughs> um, but I don't anger's, know. Like, anger is popular. I, 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 I feel like, like, like you know, there's, there's, plenty of, there's plenty of shit to be angry about, you know, and like, and like bringing a angrier persona to social media. Uh, I mean. But just kind of just like, it's like, who cares? Yeah. What? <laughs> you know? Intimacy, what? Like, shut up. Get a life. I, I yeah. really like adding get a life. It's so stupid. <laughs> get a life is a good one. It's a good, it's a very like 90s write off. I feel like that's one that's <laughs> yeah. sort of like died out get real as well is a good yeah. one i like that one yeah. a lot i don't know um, it's 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 better to use stuff like that than to like just descend into uh you know just swearing which i i also do i'm very like i don't know i swear too much on social media i think i'm a lot angrier on social media or i come off a lot more like gruff than i think i really am um, huh. i guess i kind of go the opposite way on on socials um i don't know just be being mean you know but I, I feel compelled to be mean when i'm on social media because everybody's such a dumb asshole on there i'm sorry like what do you what do you There's want a lot. Like, it's it's, it's a lot i find of um and like again i haven't seen your act um but so i don't know if you like work clean or not um but like i find people who work clean like i think that's really interesting and i think i, I have a soft spot for that type of kind of just like nice friendly pure you know comedy like a like a joe para you know like that's just like oh, very like yeah. it's just very like sweet and good natured but and like yeah. i really love that in people but like i don't have whatever that is uh yeah. in, in my soul like to just be like nice you know it's just it's very hard for me to for me to be like that well like uh you know um my stand-up is very much like uh, ADD style, where like I don't write jokes. Um, I will try to make sh write like a set list, mm -hmm. you know. But a lot of my stand-up is, is sort of you know talking about the silly things that I've done in my life. Um, right now, I'm working. I am working on like a solid carousel set. I was going to say, like, I, I hope that working at a carousel is among the silly things you've done, because that is it's, a fairly, <laughs> it's a, it's a wacky job. I'm sure you, I'm sure you're very good at it. I'm sure you take it seriously, but you know, it's also like a slide whistle goes off in my head when I hear the Yeah. Carousel yeah. Thing. No, it really is like, uh, like there's only been like two people that I've talked to that are like that. No. I mean carousel when I say I got a job at a carousel, you know, or the carousel, you know, because everyone else is like, oh, is that a, like a coffee shop or like a name of a bar, you know? <laughs> right. And then like um, this new friend I met, her name's July. And I was like, yeah, I work, I work at a carousel. And she's like, oh, cool. Yeah, I know that one, you know? And I was like, her, 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 well, her name's <laughs> July. Like, that's so That's she, if you're named a month or a day, you have to know where all the <laughs> Ferris wheels, car, you know, carnivals, where all the, any of that stuff is. So she, yeah, yeah. that, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, working at the carousel, like it's definitely like Luisa Diaz calls it like a very main character, 
a transition, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like a romantic comedy style. Yeah. I, was just like, I know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, I think about what other job would I be doing right now? Like, yeah, I'd be working at the movie theater, but at least I get to be outside, you know, and then when I leave there, I leave there, you know, it closes right. at seven. You hop I, off the carousel. You see, there's even like a visual thing going on with the. You know, um, it's, I, I it, cause like you could, you could be like realizing that you're going in circles, you know, and like you're <laughs> looking at the kids on the, and the kids just stay the same age and you just keep getting older, man. Oh and that carousel God, just keeps no. turning. Yeah. You made a whole motif. <laughs> I'm still here. Yeah. I don't know. I started doing stand up officially maybe what year is it 2021 yeah maybe like 2013 okay so you've been at it a minute i've been at it a minute um and you know i did do like like ucb improv Mm -hmm. you know um and then i sort of felt that that environment wasn't for me i mean um because i was like oh well i'm supposed to get like a team of people and like hang out with them all the time i'm like have you worked with people they don't, they're not good at this. Right. You know, it, it's very hard to get a group of people, case in point worlds to like focus on one thing and, right. you know, get something done. So I was just like, there's no way I'm like trusting, you know, my creative process to like three or four other people, no matter how nice they are, because everyone has stuff going in their lives. So I was like, well, okay, let me just do stand up then. And I tried to go to open mics and it just wasn't working for me because it was a lot of uh, still just like a lot of young white dudes. Mm -hmm. And I, and then also for like, I would wait around for like an hour and a half or something for like one to two minutes. And I was like, no, you gotta gotta get your ass over. Like you have to work a day job, get your ass over to another (laughs) neighborhood, usually if not a different borough. And then you got to sit there all evening to get on stage for two minutes. And you don't even, you're not even aware of like what your material, like what material is working and what's not. Cause it just doesn't five work other people in the room and they're just waiting to go up too. they don't really give a shit. Like it's yeah. not like a real simulation of like an actual audience. It's crazy. Um, so I just started producing shows. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's kind of, that's, I think a better way of doing it. Cause you're yeah because you learn um you learn uh just a lot more like of, like the bones of it mm-hmm. like you learn a lot more about confidence you learn a lot more about just sort of being in control of things and um you know to sort of start from like just sort of being like you know i think i'm gonna try this thing and then uh you know, you start producing shows and then you start producing more. And then like, yeah. you, know, you, I got to a point where like, you know, I was able to like do festivals and like people would, there's so many, there's so many performers in New York city, just in New York city that like, you know, to st- like, I felt like I was getting just like a little, the tiniest little bit of scratch of like, you know, uh, I don't know, just being more like in the scene and stuff Mm -hmm. and just being trusted more by my name. Um, 
but uh, you know, everyone had plans for 2020. Yeah. Um, so I just have to like sort of reevaluate, like not reevaluate. I just have to um, just restructure like how I'm going to do things from here on out. When you were first starting out, did you have kind of like a, uh, I don't know, like a timeline of um, when things were supposed to be working out or not working out? Uh, no idea. Oh, really? You didn't have any? Zero That's idea. That's great. Because like I had one of those where like I let it get into my head like that, like 30 under 30 kind of idea. Where oh, like, you're yeah, supposed yeah, to be yeah. good at something and like recognized for something by the time you're 30 or like whatever. Yeah. Like, ugh. and I was just like, oh, I'm already 26 and I'm just moving to New York or whatever. And it was like, it's already over for me. Like, my life is already out. Like, you know, I, haven't, I haven't like uh, made a movie or got a TV show pitch off the ground by the time I'm 25. So it's just not going to happen. It's never going to happen for me. Like, like you set lofty ass goals. And you have like a limited amount of time to actually get that thing done. Like you're going to kill yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, when I first started producing shows, I had no idea what I was sort of doing with it, Mm -hmm. you know? And after like a few years, my best friend Warren in Texas, we went on vacation one time and he was just like, he was like, you need to figure out what to do with this. Like, you can't just be doing this without like, see, And I was like, part of me, but like, I know enough about the business and I kn- I've seen a lot of people get famous and I know people who have gotten like so many good gigs, so many like writing, like writing for good TV shows, right. like, you know, Comedy Central specials, Netflix specials. And, you know, I've also seen a few of those same people still like not be fulfilled in a w- way. You know, so yeah. like it's it's even if I was able to get any of those things, if I was still not like right in my head, it would not matter. You know, um, and also like, you know, I feel like I've done a lot of good, fun work, you know, before um, before the pandemic and uh like the way that I was, I've been supported over like, you know, lockdown and quarantine and like the shows that people have asked me to do. Like, I feel like I, I had laid like a really good, like groundwork for like the kind of person I am and like the kind of person people want to have in their shows. So, you know, I am looking forward to getting back into it, but I can't do it the way I did it before, mm-hmm. you know, where it was just like burning the candle at five ends you know, um, and, you know, I am hopeful for like the um, the sort of like lofty projects I do have, like that I want to work on this winter. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I'm very, very supported by my friends who are not stand up comedians. Um, and I feel like I'm supported by my friends who are. So I think uh, it's good to make sure that you have like friends in both worlds uh, because I have gotten a lot of things from my friends who aren't, who aren't stand-ups that are like oh this you need a host for this thing oh let me get my friend Melissa yeah. she's she does stand-up you know and then I get like this like $300 like gig you know mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I I don't know what the question was <laughs> 
that's okay. I mean, I, I, I'm only so good at actually asking the questions and actually hosting yeah. the show and phrasing things. You know, this is a common experience with ADD. Um, and I don't know if this is a thing that you have, but there's these memes of it where it's like, you know, the how the sentence looks in my head versus how it comes out. And it's like one looks really, mm -hmm. and it's like a nice painting and one's like, like the, uh, the, that painting that, that lady went over the Jesus fresco a few years oh, ago. Yeah. Like it just looks like <laughs> shit. Like that's how it comes out looking, you know, like that's, it's that's a really good metaphor for it. Yeah. yeah. It's, so it can be, I don't know. It's hard, but I mean, you answered whatever the fuck I was trying to get you to say beautifully. Um, we're about out of time, but um, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, <laughs> this is, this is really great. Uh, is there anything that you would like to plug? How do, how do people find you and all that? Oh, um, uh, you know what? I'm going to try and get this out by tomorrow, even if it means editing this on the plane. That's right, folks. When you hear this, I might be in the sky. Think about that. <laughs> um, okay. Well, next Wednesday, I'm um, co-hosting with Gabriel Pacheco. Oh, hell yeah. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Um, I'm guest co-hosting because Samir's uh, out of town uh -huh. and it's for the popular years beloved years long running beloved uh, Wednesday night show at Pete's Candy Store called Fun House um, I'm gonna you know uh, I, I was graciously asked to uh, co-host so I'm gonna do that on Wednesday um I finally changed my Twitter to Melside Ponytail, which is also the same as my Instagram. Oh, nice. Like, oh. Unified brand. That's important. <laughs> so dumb. Um, but uh, yeah, those are like the two major like uh, socials that I use. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely follow her on, on Insta and Twitter. She's really fucking funny. Um, and go see that show if you're in the New York area. I, I still haven't been to it. I, I'm a fucking hypocrite here. I'm going to be out of town. I'm sorry. Otherwise, I would be there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, like, I haven't I haven't been to uh, Funhouse yet. I really want to go. Um, Funhouse was one of the shows that I went to. Like, I, because, I, like, my work schedule was, like, Sunday to Wednesday. So Wednesday night was, like, my Friday. And I would always go to Funhouse. And that's also how I met, like, a bunch of comics yeah. and stuff. I broke my glasses one time there. Nice. Like... <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Yeah. It's a good show. Hell yeah. All right. Well, um, thank you so much again. And uh, I'll, um, I got to go. We'll, All right. We'll, uh, me. Yeah, I got to go. I got to wrap. Um, but uh, thank you so much. Okay. Thanks once again to Melissa Rocha for being on the show. What a lady. What a nice person. Very warm, very open, very cool. We've never actually met in person. It's cool. Um, Patreon.com slash self-worst. Support us. Support our move. Support all the bullshit IKEA stuff we gotta, you know, moving expenses, all of that stuff. That would be very nice of you. Definitely follow Melissa on Twitter and Insta. Go see her shows. Go do all of that. Enjoy what's left of the summer. This is a real... Am I... Maybe this is a hot take here, but I feel like this was kind of a disappointing summer, not gonna lie. 
We were really, I mean, like last summer sucked for a lot of reasons. This summer, we, we were like, oh man, it's going to be hot vac summer, blah, blah, blah. Had so many, had so many high, hot, white boy summer, you know, hot girls. It's always hot girl summer. Every summer is hot girl summer. Duh. But it was just really felt like, you know, we were going to have this like crazy uh, summer in the city like no one's ever seen before. And it was really, and then it just sort of like, ugh, it's already almost over. We're all just like, oh, God, Delta variant. We're still kind of just feel just sort of weird and not great. I don't know. But time marches on and uh, we move forward and uh, now we got, you know, fall. I don't know. We're just get over these dog days. It's going to be nice. Anyway, music is by Shea Bartel. Thank you so much, Shay. And that's about it. Enjoy the remnant of summer. Chill out. I don't know. Go to the beach a couple more times while it's still really fucking hot out. And uh, that's about it. That's all I got to say. I'm going to see you next week. Um, I don't know who's going to be on the show yet. Full disclosure. Don't know. Going to figure it out, though. <laughs> um, I'll see you then. Have a good one. I'm Brad Pearson. Until next time, go out and fail. It's good for you.